Good morning. morning. As always, if you can sit towards the center, you won't be judged if you're sitting on the wings. Well, that was kind of my nice way to say everybody look at them and give them eyes of judgment. Um, If you're sitting in the center, thank you for not being rebellious. That's what I'll say. No, you are good. Um, You should have gotten uh, or getting one of these as you're coming in. Mike has one, uh, half sheet. Um, Yep, so he's, wave your arms and hands in the air like you just don't care. There you go. Oh, you need one too? Back at the media booth, they want them too. She's serious back there. Um, How are the roads? They're good. You spin all, yeah, they're still there. I know the white stuff, that's good. Um, well, uh, just a little note about this. We are going to go through on the back of the um, half sheet is review from last week. Uh, we talked to staff meeting. Russell had a good point, especially for people that missed and others can get these. Uh, but like I had gone through the myths and didn't, we didn't put them on the screen and maybe you didn't write them down. And so we just felt like, hey, that would be good to repeat as we go Becky is nodding in great affirmation that we should do these things. So, uh, And then as we go, we'll kind of collect through um, the material that we go through. And it's just a really uh, simple content in a way, but maybe it's good for your notes as well. Uh, but we are going to go through week two. Uh, I'm going to pray for us. We're going to do a little mini review, a couple questions to ponder, and then we'll the plan is to kind of go through uh, a little more in depth for the biblical list of gifts, not the miraculous ones. We're going to cover those in weeks to come. I want to isolate those a little bit. Um, and then we'll spend a little bit of time, if we can, in group discussion today. So I want to leave enough space for that, uh, just a little time. So I'll pray for us and we'll dive in. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your grace and thank you for um, how you love us and thank you for all the gifts that you give and help us to understand those better this morning. Thank you for the desire of um, this, this group to learn and that we would all learn together and grow together. And we thank you for your word and its truth. And I just pray that you would continue to uh, grant us unity in this body for your glory. And pray these things in Christ's name. Everybody said? Uh, I will make a note about that, just so you know. Um, a lot of people, different things, have shared uh, just a lot of personal spiritual attack lately. And, and I was talking to somebody this morning. We're a little naive to the fact that when we want to take advantage spiritually, that Satan is going to work extra hard. And when I left last Sunday, this class, um, of course, left Sunday as a whole, but I, I really sensed unity with what we were talking about in the morning. And those are really good things, but you, all, you, all, you have to recognize the spiritual warfare that comes then. And, I, and so don't be naive to that, um, especially as we're trying to gain unity over the spiritual gifts. Satan will kind of just kind of just really work hard to distract and divide the body. So um, be alert, watchful about that. Um, a little review from last week. Um, we talked about what a spiritual gift is. Uh, we looked at First Thessalonians. I'm just running through these real, real, real quick here. First Thessalonians 5, uh, 19 through 22. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Um, really elevating the two things that we want to as a church body, not wanting to quench the spirit and, and, and 
elevate, if you will, uh, the gifts of the Spirit in all the senses for the body of Christ, and then also wanting to be very faithful to the Word. And so those two things are possible as we come to spiritual gifts. And I asked you to consider those questions. How has your upbringing and church experience shaped your view on spiritual gifts? And then how much of your Christian life has been governed by the ugliness of what you have seen rather than the beauty of Scripture itself? Kind of Probably the abuse of the miraculous gifts probably was the angle on that, um, but I think it's important that we understand uh, we need to come to the scriptures and just let them speak for themselves and not let any kind of presuppositions or background experiences shape how we view the scriptures. So uh, that's enough of the review um, for time's factor here this morning, but two questions that I want to just have you ponder, maybe just answer uh, briefly. Does each believer possess certain spiritual gifts? We kind of answered this last time, but what would you say to that? Does each believer possess? Yes. Yes. All right. And so each one possesses at least one or two, and maybe we'll even learn several as we talk about um, this next question. And I kind of want to just leave this here because we're going to get hopefully to the end by our group time. Um, this actually, I'm going to uh, highlight my very intuitive son, Jeremiah. I asked him uh, as a high school, we've invited the middle school and high school into this. I said, what, it, like, what do you need to know about spiritual gifts and what was confusing last time? And, and this is a question that's really good and I think it's relevant to what we're talking about. How do you know if something is a spiritual gift or something you're just really good at? All right? We talk about talents and abilities and, and we look at the list in the Bible of spiritual gifts, which we'll read in a second, but how do you know, like, you don't have, like, what if my thing isn't on that list, but I really could use it for the body of Christ? It's a great thing to think about. We're going to talk about that. Um, with, with this question in mind, there's a little fill in the blank. Uh, if you don't have a pen, that's fine, but um, I've given a lot of definitions, but I think this is probably the simplest in terms of what is the purpose of spiritual gift. We've given a lot of definitions of what is a spiritual gift, but here's the purpose of spiritual gifts. We talk about the body and edification, all that stuff, to strengthen the faith of others. So it's really simple that when I come with my spiritual gift, I want to strengthen the faith of others in the body of Christ. Um, so, so that's a really simple way to just say whatever that is, and we're going to cover briefly looking at the gift lists and say whether that's leadership or teaching or mercy or service or giving of all that stuff. How do I strengthen the faith of others? All things growing up into Christ who is the head. All things for maturing the body. And, and two important thoughts is uh, before we read um, the, the lists from the scriptures, and I'll, I'll kind of pick four of you to read each of the texts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, Ephesians, and the First Peter. Um, Here's the, here's the things I want, really, I've tried to make an emphasis, and I want to, as we look at spiritual gifts. Um, number one, spiritual gifts are not, lim- not a limited and defined group of activities spelled out in the New Testament. Rather, they are the, any ability the Spirit gives you to express your faith in order to strengthen another person. So, I think the problem with spiritual gifts historically has been that we look at the list, and if that doesn't make sense to you, that, that you're not a part of that particular group. And I said this last week, if, if we break up the church based on here's all the leaders, here's all the pastors, here's all, here's all the administrators, here's all the servers, you lose one part, you lose the universal nature of the gifts, which means that all these gifts that are listed should have at least a universal principle that everybody should do them. Take, for example, evangelism. Not everybody has a spiritual gift or increased ability of evangelism, Right? 
some people are evangelists. They, they share their faith better and more effectively and more often than others. But that doesn't mean that all believers shouldn't share their faith, right? And so once you start to like compartmentalize different groups by the list, you start to say, well, there's the evangelists. I don't do that. I'm not gifted in that. I don't share my faith. You start to like actually disobey parts of scripture or giving is another example. I think all of us should give, but some just have the means of propensity to give more than others. And so you don't say, well, that's all our givers over there. They support the work of ministry. Well, that's good for them. (laughs) They're looking at like, what, what? So you think about that in the sense of universal principle for all the gifts, but there could be gifts beyond, and I, I would argue for that as I'm learning, gifts beyond the biblical lists. For the purpose of this um, class and what we see in the scriptures, though, I do want to cover what is mentioned in the scriptures because there is some overlap. The second thing, though, is spiritual gifts possessed and the faith with which they are given are given to us by God in varying measure. So you have to know that. Don't think you don't have a gift because you don't have it as much as the next person. Does that make sense? So, so if you have a gift of mercy, but, and, and that's come out in ways of utilizing uh, that gift is strengthening the faith of others, but you know this person in this body is like, let, I mean, we could do it right now. Let's all think about who the most merciful person at Real Hope is. Like, yeah, you're not, did you say not me? I concur. Yeah. He, you, did you see my test scores? No, he's actually right. I share this story often. In 2009, when Carrie and I went to the Church Planning Assessment Center, uh, many, some of you know this, some of you don't, when we were going to leave Real Hope and plant a church, and uh, God did the switcheroo on that. But uh, when, when we took the, all the assessments and personality things, uh, Carrie scored, I think it was a 99. It might have been even 100. It was a 99 on compassion and mercy. I scored a donut hole. <laughs> I'm not joking, and this is the guy that, like, another eight months, I got hired to be the pastor here, so you people are sick, but anyway, but, but that's, it was polarizing, right? It was, it was, it didn't mean that I shouldn't display mercy, and I, and I would say, and I shared this with somebody this week, I, I think it was you I shared it with, over the next, and many of you know the, the rest of this story, the last 10 years of my life with Josiah has been a really hard lesson in compassion. And so God will take uh, different seasons of your life and say, you know what, and, and I believe that he has done that for good. And I, like, I want you to be more merciful and compassionate. And sometimes the way he chooses to give those gifts and the way he appoints them is not always favorable to us. So don't think you're not gifted just because you're not gifted like this person those things can grow to strengthen the faith of others. So um, we're going to read the Bible texts, Romans 12, 6 through 8, and all 1 Corinthians. Um, if you have a Bible and you want to read, um, does anybody want to do that? Anybody can read Romans? Amelia can read Romans. Connie can read 1 Corinthians. Uh, it's listed there, 12 through 8, 8 through 10, and then 28 through 30. Uh, Ephesians 4. Yep, Will has got it. And then 1 Peter 4, 9 through 11. Uh, Myrna and Kyle, you share. No, you, you just decide who's going to read it. All right. Uh, Amelia, can you stand up with a loud voice and read Romans 12, 6 through 8? We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. 
If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Excellent. So some of the, those ones you see in the list are mentioned, and, and the key is, and we're going to hear this later in our worship gathering, let us use them. Uh, 1 Corinthians, Connie, nice and loud, louder than you think that is, that is appropriate. Yeah, read the next verse. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, and who apportions to each, each one individually, as he will. Thanks. Uh, I think that was just since we just talked about that, the, the portion, uh, portioning of the gifts. Uh, those are some, some gifts, and then the miraculous ones mentioned. We covered that text last week. Uh, the Ephesians one, um, Will, I think that was you. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave himself, and he himself gave some to the apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, so there's a, uh, the, we'll talk about this in a second, like the fivefold nature of those uh, apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists, um, but then for the edification of the body. So it's written right there, right? This is for the body of Christ. There's no just under, misunderstanding about what spiritual gifts are for uh, being outside the body. And the first Peter, Kyle, I think, yep. Yep. Good. Um, show hospitality to one another without grumbling, as each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Um, so there, there again, uh, almost every spiritual gift text is going to give you a little bit of a, like a reason. What's the, the reason there? And uh, it's all for God's glory in the church. And so there's more uh, that we can learn about this. Uh, edification for the body, glory, strengthening the faith of others, on and on you go. Um, before I move through the list of gifts, um, I just want us to be careful about, again, categorization and organizing so a lot of times, like Ephesians 4 is a text that the five-fold ministry of, uh, like, you, that everybody uh, fits into one of those categories, whether you're a pastor, teacher, evangelist, prophet, or um, what's the last one? Did I just miss one? Did I do all five? Or the other one that I didn't say? I think I said them all. Um, 
That's, so that's like some churches, like a five-fold ministry, and that's how you categorize all the gifts, and they fit within all those. And then some people say, oh, well, there's gifts of word and deed. So the word gifts are like the teaching and the prophecy and the evangelism, and like the deeds gifts are the serving and the encouragement and hospitality and giving. And I would say, yeah, that's true. But again, I'm, I'm trying to keep us from categorizing everything out. Those are those are obvious categorizations, right? Like prophecy and teaching are word gifts. Although teaching, not we know this, is not always word-based, right? It is showing often. And, and I think of somebody in the church body uh, who might be mechanic, I've always thought of this, mechanically minded, taking a young person in our church body and saying, hey, I want to teach you how to repair lawnmowers, or I want to teach you how to repair appliances. Right, Will? He's like, ah, I see what you did there. And so... That's a thing that you can show as you're speaking and doing. And so I just, I want to keep us from the categorizations of the gifts. It's obvious that the word and deeds are separate. But again, lay them all out and say, they're all universal at one level. I have to display all of them. God's wired me and shaped me uniquely with talents and abilities. So I want to be very uh, open to what he's, he's given in my life so I can use it. And, and just be careful about that. So real briefly before a group t- time and then a few questions that will guide that, I want to just move through the biblical list by definition. Maybe give an example of each one. I'm going to do this really quickly. Um, so you can just get to know the Bible lists are there for a reason. I don't think they're exhaustive although they're mentioned and overlap for reasons. So I think it's a great place to look at uh, as they're mentioned. Um, and then maybe an, a, a way that you can kind of like navigate towards one or another as you see in your life. But remember, if you don't see anything on this list that's like, man, I don't think I'm good at any of that stuff. I just have to believe there's more hope for you than that in the gospel and because God says there is. So uh, leadership, we're going to run through these really fast. Leadership aids the body by leading and directing members to accomplish the goals and purposes of the church. Leadership motivates people to work together in unity toward common goals. So maybe, what's an example of this? I'm just going to ask a person or two in our group for, what's an example of leadership in the body, practically in ministry? Something we may do here. We're void of leaders here. Yeah? Sunday school. Yeah, you can lead in that role in a visionary sense. I would say Terry leads in that role. Uh, It doesn't mean she has to be in the classroom every time, but I I think of leaders as visionaries, as people that uh, know a lot about a lot of stuff, and and doesn't mean they have to be doing all the details, but that's a leader, which is different than administration. Persons with this gift lead the body by steering others to remain on task. Administration enables the body to organize according to God-given purposes and long-term goals. Administration, what's What's the way that that gift is flushed out in the church body? Really? Why would you say that? Because you're too big minister. Okay. You think that every pastor has to be an administrator? No, because he has the ability to ask somebody else to do it. There you go. I like it. I think what Adam does is the real community. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Organization. There's a lot of ways that that fleshes out, but these are usually pretty highly organized people, which is why I made that comment, at least for me. Within our elder team, I think Mike would, yeah, go, uh, there's a mix of administrators on our elder team. Some of us are less and more organized, and I would say that that's something that I've had to grow in, but I don't necessarily think I'm gifted at organization. You could just look in my closet, and you'd find out. Um, And so that's, that's people that, like, 
I, I think of numbers people and people that can organize systems and things like that. And that might be how you're wired. It's not always to the bean counters, all right? We always say the money people are, um, some of them just like numbers, all right? And they just uh, are really good at it, but they can be. Um, teaching. Teaching is instructed members in, instructing members in the truths and doctrines of God's word for the purposes of building up, unifying, and maturing the body. Examples of this, fairly obvious. What? Yeah, a huddle, a wana. Uh, remember, the key here is teaching God's word. I think teaching can be a gift uh, for many. Uh, I think there's an emphasis there on the spiritual things, but I think you can have uh, an ability to teach um, and be really good at it. I, I, I learned this on Wednesday. Uh, Carrie was at home with Josiah, and uh, Russell usually fills in for her, and then Holly's were sick too, so I needed to fill in one, and Russell and I kind of debated who was going to do the TNT and who was going to do the Sparks, and I said, well, I'm going to do the TNT because Carrie says I always do the Sparks wrong because that's what she always does. <laughs> Because she's like a first, like kindergarten, first, second grade teacher. I'm not. And she always says, eh, like, she's really nice about it. Remember, 99 compassion. But I see right through it. Um, she says, that's a really good lesson. But the kids all were like, what did he say? Because you just kind of shot over their head. And so I went with the older kids. And she has a, I just watch her. And if you've ever watched Carrie teach those kids, you go, that's a gift because I don't, and I don't know how she does that. People that are like that, it's an incredible ability. Um, knowledge. So here's knowledge and wisdom are a little bit different. The gift of knowledge manifests itself in teaching and training and discipleship. It's a God-given ability to learn, grow, learn, know, and explain the precious truths of God's word. A word of knowledge is a spirit-revealed truth. How would you say knowledge is different than teaching then? Oh, oh, what's up? What? You, you. You, and then you. Teaching would be the ability to convey to others an idea. Yep. Okay. What would you say to that? None exists in a vacuum. Yep. You can't have wisdom without knowledge. Right. There is a combination of sorts, and, and this is really tough. And I would say uh, the only thing that I would push back on the last comment is the, the ability to know something yourself doesn't do much for the body, right? And so um, somehow these three are interlinked, which is why I probably would argue the exhaustive list is not where we should aim at because, I mean, if I know something and I keep it to myself, I'm already not using. It says several times, let us use them. Um, I would say knowledge is wisdom in one sense, but there is a little discrepancy of the spiritual things, um, just knowing a lot of stuff. Um, and then the teaching is the practical things. Um, but the wisdom is the gift that discerns the work of the Holy Spirit in the body and applies his teachings and actions to the needs of his body. So think of it this way. And I would say that wisdom and discernment probably are closer as we've compared wisdom and knowledge often, I would say wisdom and discernment are likely closer and teaching and knowledge are likely closer. But if I know theological truths, so I could know about the doctrines of grace or salvation, I could know about uh, the Bible, what it says about eschatology and end times, I could know these things and I could teach these things. But when you look at wisdom and discernment, discernment, which we'll talk about, is uh, a lot of times false spirits and discerning evil and, and all that stuff. But wisdom could be like, what does our church need to be doing right now? 
That could be really, like as the definition says, it could be really specific to direction and moment. Uh, based, And I won't even say this because there's crossover. Based on what I know in God's word, here's what I think we should do. That would be a really wise person. And you guys know, I'm sure you know people that are wise in your life because you go and ask them all your questions, right? People that you have, friends that you say, I need to ask somebody about this situation or this this particular thing because I want their wisdom. Like, what should I do here? You're actually taking the knowledge and you're living it out practically. And so that's a good... Uh, the church needs all of these, but they need... Uh, I would say all of us could say, yeah, we need a lot of people with wisdom. People that have knowledge that can be praying and uh, giving direction to people in the body. Prophecy. The gift of prophecy is proclaiming the word of God boldly. This builds up the body and leads to conviction of sin. Prophecy manifests itself in preaching and teaching. Examples of prophecy. Yeah. That's a pretty simple definition. And I think, here's the thing. Like I expected somebody, I'm glad you said that, Sarah, first. I, I thought somebody would say, well, that's what you do every Sunday. Yeah, maybe it is in one, but I think the body of Christ could do that in multiple ways every Sunday to each other through the week in huddles. I think prophecy is boldly proclaiming truth. That says conviction of sin. It doesn't always have to be. I think when the truth is spoken, I think all of us uh, at some regard have conviction of sin, um, but it could be speaking words of truth to somebody based on where they're at in a season of life. We're going to talk about this as we get into chapter 14, verse 1 of Corinthians, especially. Um, so I'll, I'll give more time to that, but, but think of it that way, speaking boldly in truth. Discernment. Discernment aids the body. I have to move through these quickly. We're running out of time. Um, through the true intentions of those within or related to the body, discernment tests the message and action of others for the protection and well-being of the body. Some people, I call the people in the body that have discernment like they're watchtower people in the church. They can see things like that are happening spiritually and otherwise that other people don't see. They can know like, oh, like I got a bad feeling about that person or this action or this thing. And these are like, you need watchtower people or direction. Like I think our church has got to be really cautious going in this direction or this person going in this direction. People with discernment are a real gift to the body. All these are. Exhortation. Possessors of this gift encourage. See, exhortation and encouragement is very similar. There's a little unique difference there. Members to be involved in, in and enthusiastic about the work of the Lord. Members with this gift are good counselors, motivate others towards service. Exhortation exhibits itself in preaching, teaching, and ministry. It does. I would say the difference between exhortation and encouragement, some people, people flip-flop these. I believe exhortation is... Uh, encouraging people in obedience to God's word, where often we view encouragement as somebody just coming up, and I think they're both necessary, coming up to us on a Sunday morning and affirming us and just saying, hey, how are you doing? I just want to tell you you're doing a good job here, or I appreciate you doing that. That's encouraging, right? It, it helps strengthen our faith. Uh, a lot of times that is pointing us towards obedience in the scriptures, but the two have that slight difference. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you don't understand, just nod like you do anyways, because we're running out of time. All right. Um, shepherding, pretty obvious. The gift of shepherding is manifesting in persons who look out for spiritual welfare of other. Although pastors like shepherds do care for the members of the church, the gift is not limited to pastor or staff member. This is huge. Our huddle leaders are shepherds. Shepherds are teenage youth ministry leaders. If you're overseeing a group of people with care, you're a pastor and shepherd. All right? So it happens to be a title that I carry in a vocational sense, but it doesn't mean that other people aren't pastoring and shepherding. 
families, fathers, mothers are shepherding, caring, all right? By nature of having kids. So there's all those principles in play. Faith trusts God's work beyond the human capabilities of the people. Believers with this gift encourage others to trust God in the face of apparently insurmountable odds. Uh, insurmountable odds. Faith, this is not a saving faith. This is not the gift of faith. These are just people that when you go to them and, and we say, hey, we're going to do a building campaign, and the people are like, ah, oh, this costs so much money. The people of faith say, we're going to trust God for this. We're going to trust God for this. It's big. This is Moses. This is other characters in the scripture. I know this looks huge. This is David standing before Goliath stuff. Gift of faith. It's not saving. That's all of us have that in a different sense. Um, but this is a, a gift of people that just, man, they can just see God doing things in big ways. Evangelism. God gifts this, uh, the church with evangelists to lead others um, to Christ effectively and enthusiastically. Uh, this is a gift that's probably... Uh, not as recognized in the church body. Um, we all should evangelize, but there are people that are gifted in that better than others, whether it be through apologetics or just being more vibrant and sharing their faith more actively. Um, we need to identify those people. Uh, I'll, I'll move really quickly through the rest of these. Apostleship, the church sends apostles from the body to plant churches and be missionaries. So this is like startup people, I think, with that gift that can start new things and start new works and missionary work, etc. Service and helps. Most of us would say, well, this is the one I fit in. And I want to be cautious about that because these gifts recognize practical needs in the body and assistance to those. This is where I would say, don't always land there for yourself because I think the, this particular gift is where we always go, you know, that's just the category I fit in because that's what I, all the ministry I do. I think we need to narrow that in a little bit more and say these are people that maybe don't want to be in the public sense as much but could. And so I want you to really navigate that in our time together. Maybe I've just always kind of, kind of niched myself into this, but maybe God has given me more gifts and abilities that I can use elsewhere. Mercy, cheerful acts of compassion, uh, I would, I'm going to summarize this for time. Empathizing with others. Um, you know merciful people. They, my wife is the great example for me. I look at the world, and I, and I confess this. Sometimes I look at what the wrong, like I look at the worst in people sometimes in, in just the way I, I look at things. Um, and then she looks at the best in people in situations. I'll come and talk to her, and she'll be like, well, did you ever think about like what, what this is? And I just like, I don't even think like that. Like, I go to her, and, and then I feel bad, and I walk away all the time. Like, I, I do. I talk to her all the time and wonder if I'm even a Christian because she's, like, being Jesus to people, and I'm just like, oh, okay, okay. That's a good point. Um, giving. Members with this gift, uh, we should all give, but they give freely and joyfully, and God's probably given um, them uh, more resource to give because they are generous. And I, I've always viewed it, people that are, have been given a lot of resource, God usually is entrusting them a lot because they give a lot. Um, and, and that's just a generosity thing. Um, and then hospitality with those gifts, uh, make visitors, guests, strangers, fieldies, um, often use their home to entertain guests. These are people that are going to be inviting and kind of looking at new people and say, hey, come over for lunch, or I want to get together with you, that kind of stuff. Um, so those are just the lists uh, mentioned in the Bible there. Uh, I want to treat the miraculous gifts as separate for numerous reasons, but I want to look at those more in the next two weeks. And so I didn't even have definitions there because I, I want to have those saved for next week. But what I want us to do now is... We only have 12 minutes now, so I knew this would happen. I talked too much. I want you to get with a group of about 
five or six people, maybe five is the best way. Um, and some of that might be uncomfortable for you, but just gather up with a, a group um, and we'll kind of break off in sections where you are. And I talked to the elders, if, if some of the guys that I had talked about, and then um, I'd ask a few others to be a part of maybe being in that group just to help facilitate a little bit. Um, but look at these four questions. What are a few things I love to do? What are some of the things I'm good at doing? And what are the some ways I enjoy serving the body of Christ? And what are some of the gifts listed in the Bible that I might demonstrate? Go around a group and answer these questions pretty easily and pretty promptly. Um, don't ramble on about it, but I want you to think about that with other people in your group. What are, what are a few things I just love to do? So I love woodworking. Is that a spiritual gift? I don't know. I want to pray about that. Like, or God could use that. But that could just be something I love to do. What are some of the things I'm good at? I'm, I'm actually not as good at woodworking as other people. But I want to look at the things that I'm more gifted at. And I, would, I asked this question in this way, and some people were like, well, that sounds really prideful. Just think of it like this. What is the thing that I do better than anyone else? It's not out of pride. It's just you saying, here's the thing that I think I just have an ability to do. And share that within your group. And then what are some ways I enjoy serving the body of Christ? And what are some of the ways, uh, the things we've talked about that I might start to see in my life? Make sense? All right, five or six people. Go, we don't have much time. Do it quickly. Gather together. You might even just stand up with them. It might even not even sitting down. All right, let's bring it together. We're out of time. I'm sorry. You'll have to continue the conversation. You can actually just stay where you are if you want. Um, I'm going to pray for our time, and then I'll, I'll just say this. Um, I have, uh, I, I'm not anti the spiritual gifts test. I just think they're sometimes limiting. And I have about 50 copies. Uh, some of you have taken these before, and if, if all the copies are gone, that's fine. I do think it's helpful, and then I can print more later. But I have the ones that we talked about today, just an 80-question inventory. And they're, they're questions that you can answer. That if you're, if you're in that category of, like, I need to really, like, revisit this and take this test. And it's just a test. You can take it in a different mood. It'll have different results if you're in a different mood than you are as you take it. And so um, that's why some of these things can be limiting. But I have them up here. You can take one on the way out if you really want one. And then I can get more copies if they're all gone. I would encourage it. Uh, and then we're going to take some different kind of things through the, the next couple weeks, too. So I'm going to set those here. I'm going to pray for us. And then we're going to fellowship together. Good time spent in your groups? Yeah. All right, let's pray. Father, uh, I thank you for your grace. I pray that uh, the discussions that were being had were only the beginning of starting to really understand how you've gifted us and how we can take steps in a greater way to use those gifts. I pray that you continue to transform our church body in that way. Help us to be um, aware and to be um, to know our part in the body to be useful. And so thank you for mutual encouragement just in a brief time, even within the groups that was had. And thank you for the diversity that is in this room that can be serving the body of Christ. And I just pray that we would continue to worship today and celebrate who you are and what you've done for us in Christ. And we pray these things in his name. All God's people said, amen. amen.